Hello again. Uh, an overexcited listener recently suggested that we should occasionally uh, let our signature tune play out all the way. So, welcome to Hotbox Extra Number Two and Michel Camillo's One More Once All the Way.
more once. Michelle Camilla's 17-piece big band, the tenor solo, by the way, was Ralph Bowen. Well, let's start by quoting Horace Silver. He said, Musical composition should bring happiness and joy to people and make them forget their troubles. And since this hotbox extra is designed especially for these times, but also, sadly, sets down the musical obituaries of four great jazz musicians who've left us in the very recent weeks, we do need to recall their greatness and the joy that they brought to us, um, to so many of us over the years. Um, the better still, we'll continue to bring in recorded form for many years to come, maybe forever. Uh, we should give thanks for that, uh, whilst, of course, being saddened by the loss. So let's uh, brighten up right away with some shimmering guitar work from Bucky Pizzarelli, who died at the age of 94. Um, he hadn't been playing for a couple of years, but his recorded legacy is huge. Pizzarelli there in duo with his son um, John Pizzarelli now of course as famous uh, more famous perhaps than his father um, both playing seven string guitars is as is their wont uh, pick yourself up you knew the tune anyway didn't you 
Uh, Bucky was christened John Pizzarelli, John Paul Pizzarelli, actually, uh, in 1926. He was born in New Jersey and lived in New Jersey for most of his life. Uh, his father was a keen admirer of the Wild West, so nicknamed the baby uh, John Pizzarelli, he nicknamed him Buckskin, which, uh, shortened to Bucky, stuck to him for the rest of his life. He became a professional musician while he was still in his teens, played all kinds of music from country right the way through. And after the Second World War, he established himself as uh, the in-demand session guitarist in New York City, playing on countless pop records and in studio bands for both the NBC uh, organization and ABC. So it wasn't until he was really in his 50s that he became known in jazz circles. Might also just mention his Irish connection, um, if I can call it that. That came along in the late 60s when he was going through a series of dates and uh, he became very much the favourite of Benny Goodman, who was still doing tours. He didn't have a, a band sort of sitting all the time, but he formed bands and did tours. And Bucky Pizzarelli would have been his guitarist of choice. But Buck, uh, Benny also hired a certain Louis Stewart, for uh, European tours, and uh, for a while, the and I can't, I could never get to the bottom of this. They both, both guitarists seem to be in the band. Years later, I heard the story that Bucky had actually given a rhythm guitar to Louis on hearing that Louis didn't own a proper instrument for playing uh, that very specific type of uh, guitar, the rhythm guitar in the band. And uh, thirty years after. To that, I had occasion to spend a very happy morning in the Pizzarelli household in Saddle River, New Jersey, and I asked Bucky if the story was true, and he confirmed that it was. He actually did have a, a spare rhythm guitar in his attic, which he duly put in a box and posted to Louis. Well, the album of uh, Goodman's European tour is rather unclear as to who is actually playing. I know uh, some of the tracks have one of the guitarists, some of them may have two, I don't know. Um, but it doesn't really matter because whichever one is playing, we now know that they're playing Bucky's instrument.
Don't be that way. Benny Goodman's signature tune there from Benny Goodman's European band in 1970. He actually said it was the best band he ever had. It certainly sounded like it to me. And it was either Louis Stewart or Bucky Pizzarelli playing Bucky's rhythm guitar. I hope you picked that up. Um, now, another musician who's been taken from us by the COVID-19 virus is Wallace Roney, the trumpet player. He was aged only 59. He became famous for both studying with and eventually uh, deputising for Miles Davis. I thought we might sample some of the famous concert in Montreux when Miles was finally coaxed out of isolation by Quincy Jones to revisit much of his earlier music, which, of course, uh, Miles had famously uh, sort of shunned in later years. And they took along with them uh, Wallace Roney to help with the solos, since at that stage Miles uh, was really not up to the stress uh, of playing a whole concert, both choruses and solos. So uh, the beginning of this track's a bit of a shambles, really, but you will hear a nice solo, and I can definitely confirm that it's Wallace Roney playing.
both Wallace Rowley there and Miles Davis uh, and the well-known piece Miles Ahead that was taken from the Montreux concert in uh, July 1991. The association with Miles was, of course, a a kind of two-edged sword for Wallace Rowley, it being too easy to uh, to miss him early on as a Miles clone, but he he escaped from that and he showed that his uh, very deep understanding of Miles's playing was just part of a wider understanding of the entire lineage of jazz trumpet playing. There's a nice quote from the Washington Post back in 1987 as follows. His name is Wallace Roney III, he is 27 years old, he is from Washington and he is one of the best jazz trumpet players in the world. Follow that.
is uh, Vater Time, a composition by Wallace Roney, performed there by him with his uh, brother Antoine on the tenor saxophone, Jerry Allen, his then-wife at the piano, uh, Rashan Carter was the bass player, and Eric Allen on the drums, plus sundry electronic bits and pieces, as you heard. That was released in 2007, which was a period of great creativity for Wallace Roney, music that I think really reflected what he was about.
Do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? A little reflection there from another great jazz personality who has sadly left the stage in recent weeks, Ellis Marsalis, a pianist and teacher to a whole generation of musicians in New Orleans, including maybe his greatest legacy, uh, four sons who have become jazz stars in their own right, Branford, Winton, uh, Del Feo and Jason. Ellis was for many years a fixture on both the New Orleans jazz scene and its educational environment. He was 85 years old when he died, regarded as a legend already, especially as he'd um, early on set himself against the Preservation Hall, Dixieland, uh, straw boater tradition in the, in the New Orleans jazz scene, and he came out strongly as a bebop disciple, painting himself... Uh, as something of a traitor, really, in the conservative sections of New Orleans. Nevertheless, he also railed against jazz rock developments in the latter part of the last century, so he was he was a traditionalist of sorts. And apart from his own sons, there was a good list of his successful pupils, too, uh, Harry Connick Jr. being most obvious, uh, and then the trumpeters Nicholas Payton and Terence Blanchard and the saxophone player Donald Harrison, all pupils of his. I liked uh, Branford's comment shortly after his father's death, particularly. He said uh, he was a great musician, but he was an even greater father. He poured everything he had into making us the best of what we could be. Thank you. 
And now we're remembering the marvellous alto saxophonist Lee Connitz, who died in the last few days. That comes from an album which many people consider to be his finest. It reflected Connitz's time with, uh, within the orbit of the pianist and teacher Lenny Tristano, and indeed the whole band there were Tristano disciples, Connitz of Marsh, uh, the pianist Sal Mosca, uh, bass player Oscar Pettiford and drummer Kenny Clark. Although Connitz uh, utterly rejected the description, um, that band and that style pretty much epitomised the so-called cool school, seen as the uh, very antithesis of bebop modern jazz. Lee Connitz uh, was for many jazz fans an iconic figure. Uh, He was, uh, to be blunt, difficult to like, as many people are who tend to speak their mind regardless of the consequences. In Lee's case, his musical speaking of his mind meant that he never achieved the commercial success that his talent deserved, really. I mean, not to say he didn't make a living out of jazz, he certainly did. The French horn player uh, Gunther Schuller uh, put his finger on it when he implied that Lee was a more interesting musician than John Coltrane, but in his words, under-celebrated. He also thought that Miles Davis, by the way, was over-celebrated. Well, you can kind of judge that for yourselves right now with a track from the famous Birth of the Cool sessions in which we hear both Lee Connitz and Miles Davis. This is a short piece entitled Move. Davis, Lee Connitz, uh, Jerry Mulligan, Kay Winding on the trombone, um, and Junior Collins, uh, French horn player, John Barber on the tuba and Al Haig on the piano, plus uh, Joe Schulman and Max Roach in the rhythm section. Thank you. 
Davis Nonet, uh, recorded in 1949 and largely disregarded at the time, it has to be said. They did one live appearance, apparently a fortnight's gig in New York, and uh, uh, the audience stayed away in thousands. But uh, despite that, it's now recognised as one of the most important steps in the development of modern jazz. Lee Connitz, uh, who we're celebrating his life, uh, who died just a few days ago, he's was, to my knowledge, uh, twice in Ireland at least, certainly once in the Fox Inn in Ashburn um, and more recently at the Cork Jazz Festival about six or eight years ago. Thank you. 
we talked a bit earlier about rhythm guitar, and there you heard the master of that style, Bucky Pizzarelli, the late Bucky Pizzarelli, once more taken. That's from his album uh, Tribute to His Rhythm Guitar Idol, Freddie Green, who was the uh, all-important provider of bounce to the Count Basie band for over five decades. As the uh, liner notes of this album, which incidentally is called Five for Freddie, uh, describe playing rhythm guitar is an arcane art and fast dying out. And Freddie, of course, as I said, played that role in Basie's band for years. And certainly Bucky um, was one of the last great uh, exponents of the style. In case you didn't recognise the number, it was Shiny Stockings, uh, written by a tenor player in Basie's band for several years, Frank Foster. I think we should uh, uplift our spirits once more with another track from that album. How about an actual Freddie Green composition? This one's called Down for Double. Thank you. 
Down for Double was that one featuring the rhythm guitar playing of the great Bucky Pizzarelli and the bass of Jay Lennart, uh, the trumpet of Warren Vachet, the piano of John Bunch and the drums of Mickey Roker. Well, for the last uh, hour and a bit, we've been celebrating the music of four great artists who sadly left the stage in the past few weeks. Bucky Pizzarelli, Lee Connitz, Wallace Roney and Ellis Marsalis. I hope you found all of the music entertaining and uh, worthy a worthy representation of their art. Uh, we'll let Ellis Marsalis play us out with The Mooch, which is a track from his tribute album to Duke Ellington. So, from this uh, Hotbox Extra and from me, if you have been, thanks for listening. Thank you.